dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. Yes, welcome back to RSN 927. You are listening to winners, and more specifically for the next sort of 15 or 17 minutes, you'll be listening to Gate Speed, and the voice you'll hear on the other end of the line, apart from mine, is going to be Blake Redden. How are you, Bakes? We might have a third voice at some stage as well, Bomb, but uh, we're really privileged to have you on board considering you were in Queensland for the Group 1s on Saturday night. It's very nice of you to say. You don't normally speak that nicely to me. All right, gate speed will kick off with the first thing. Of the five that we've learned, Colt's turn of speed, the key to another group one, and this is a nice segue. It was in Queensland. It was the final Grand Circuit race of the season. It was a brutally run affair, new course record, and a dramatic win from a very smart four-year-old trained by Grant Dixon. Yeah, um, very similar to his Victoria Derby win, really, wasn't it, when he came from off speed, got the right tag in, and and just unleash that big run down the centre of the track. So uh, clearly that's his biggest weapon in these races. He tried to lead and cop pressure in the sunshine sprint. That didn't work out. He wasn't poor, but um, he uh, he just couldn't get over the line there. And ironically, I guess the, the horse that benefited on that occasion was a Hoka punter, and, and uh, a Hoka punter was the one doing him the favours in many ways by running the gate and keeping the tempo on through the middle stages on Saturday night. So... Um, yeah, it was a very strongly run race. A little surprising that uh, our Uncle Sam or Tiger Tara wasn't afforded the uh, the pegs at some stage by Hoka Punter, but uh, that's, the, that's the breaks, I guess, in big Group 1 races. And uh, in the end, it all sort of worked out in Colt 31's favour. When you're going 153.7 over the 2,600 metres, which is utterly unthinkable, it's very difficult to be too judgmental of any runs in the race, particularly from the horses who did some work. So, I mean, no real knock on, on Tiger Tara, beat 9.5 metres. Our Uncle Sam, maybe, you know, maybe a slight little knock at uh, being beaten 29.5, but um, really Tiger Tara, we know what a champion he is, and I'm not sure he would have lost too many admirers on Saturday night. No, he was only second up from a, you know, a decent break, so... He's only going to improve. Um, yeah, I thought his run was quite acceptable. Protest. There was a lot of drama, as a matter of fact, on Saturday night with uh, Anthony Butt throwing in a protest with Alta Orlando with Colt 31 shifting a little bit of ground. But uh, he did it so comfortably. Colt 31, and it's incredible. It continues the run of four-year-olds. Now they are inheriting in the earth, aren't they, winning big races once upon a time with standard breads. When you were four, you were just starting to uh, mature and you were winning your big races down the track. But now they're winning big races right here and His... right now. A quick question for you, Bon. What, where does he get to in his career, Colt 31? Is he a proper Grand Circuit horse? Uh, he, look, he probably is, but I, look, I couldn't agree with you more. He's an off-speed horse in Grand Circuit races, and that that will limit you slightly because you've always got to be then the very fastest. We see horses like I'm the Mighty Quinn. If you've got lengths on your adversaries time and time again for speed, it means you can win multiple Grand Circuit races. It's not going to be so easy for a horse like Colt 31 because you think poster boys off the scene but will return to racing. There's plenty of horses with dramatic high speed, so you need so much more luck. I'm not saying Colt 31 won't win another Grand Circuit race for his career, but I think you'd probably concur with me that it's going to be hard for him to ever be a really dominant horse in the Grand Circuit scene. Yep, yeah, yeah, agree wholeheartedly. Uh, point two, Purden can be sure he's got a star on the rise. Now, as wonderful as Colt 31's win was on Saturday night, and certainly from a Queensland perspective, that was the performance of the night. There's something freakishly special about self-assured. Coming to the turn, um, Lockwood Varart was pulling and had made maybe three-quarters of a length advancement on him, but he was just kidding to them self-assured and exploded again for another amazing win, six from six. And we say this a bit in racing, but it's genuinely true here. He could be anything. Yeah, there's just something about him, isn't it? The way he does it, he's he's shown high speed. He's shown he's he's very tough. He can be off pegs, on pegs. Uh, yep, there's there's a lot to like about self-assured. And 
Look, it is. It's off-season racing in, in Queensland, but in saying that, when you've got the likes of Locke and Virat, who ran really well, um, to be fair to him, after pulling through those middle stages, and, and you know, our Princess Tiffany, Jesse Duke, all those sort of runners in, in these races, then you can be quite sure that the form will stand up, and that's going to be the case here, because he, uh, yep, he's unbeaten, I think, in six starts, is it now, and, uh, and he looks like... Uh, he's going to go right to the top. So not sure exactly what his path is between now and, say, 18 months' time, but uh, yep, you'd expect him to be right at the top of the tree in terms of the most exciting horses in Australasia. We just hope he hangs around. We, we, we need a horse like Self-Assured to hang around for the next few years because he could be a genuine, like, A++++ megastar. Puppet produces four-timer at headquarters. It's Tabcorp Park, Melton, on Saturday nights. There's been a bit of banter and conjecture on social media over the last week or so about who the best driver in Victoria or Australia is. Well, the Puppet produced a masterclass on Saturday night. He won a couple from the top end, a couple from off-speed. I thought he was... Um, I thought he might have left his run a little bit too late with Lift and Talk in the opening race in the program, but he was able to find the line very strongly with that horse, and that started a magnificent night for the most successful reinsman in Australasian history. Indeed, and uh, another three at Melton yesterday, so he's uh, he's certainly owning that track at the minute. Here's an interesting one for you. Yeah. How far away do you think Puppet's 7,000th winner is? Is in how many has he done now? Yeah, how many winners does uh, does Chris Alford have? Oh, he might, he might have three to 400 to go. Yeah, I've, I've run a couple of stats, and I could be well out here, so don't hold me to this, but I believe it might be something like 56 away. Which, oh, that uh, is phenomenal, if true. Which is incredible. You don't want to go off early with something like that. You don't want to fake news that, Bake. So how confident are you oh. you've got the right numbers? Uh, pretty confident. Uh, pretty confident. Yeah, no, the, the voice certainly said something <laughs> different, but uh, that that is... This is coming around amazingly fast, if that's true. Um, they're going to have to get the streamers and the balloons. They're going to have to re-blow them up pretty quickly, if that's uh, if that's fact, because Puppet can uh, can drive 56 winners in a very, very short period of time. Fourth of the five points we need to touch on, Shadow unleashes powerful burst on his way to better things. We uh, we discuss, of course, here, Sun Beach Shadow, who won the Winter Championship final in dramatic circumstances for the second week in succession, uh, way off the speed over the short course trip. It is a very, very difficult thing to do and he's done it very, very easily two weeks in a row. Yeah, he has, and uh, and sort of speaking to Craig Demler in between the heat and the final, I got the vibe that he thinks, you know, he's going to get to free-for-all level, whether that be in the next six weeks or whether that be in the next six months, I'm not entirely sure, but clearly what he did on the weekend is the performance of a horse that's uh, that's a genuine free-for-all horse, and, and probably combined with the week before, he came off a slow speed in the heat to run a 54-half, and he's just followed quick speed in the final, which... You know, for all intents and purposes, should be easier, but often it can get them out of their comfort zone when they're at the back and they have to chase that speed. So uh, both excellent wins, different styles of wins, but, um, you know, identical in many ways as well. So he's a pretty good horse. And I think that four-year-old Vic Brett, it might have been, is, is what really uh, turned him. I think he came out of that series a much better horse than he went in. And, um, yeah, he's going to go on with it, I suspect. He actually reminded me uh, of... Well, the way TCB McRae used to win races. Now, we know that TCB McRae had plenty of um, issues and probably, well, he didn't fulfil his potential. But that, that if, sort of just to come four, five, six wide on the turn over the 17-20 and just cruise up to them. And watching the race, I had something on Sunbeach Shadow, of course, and uh, and you just didn't have any doubts that he was just going to make up the ground. He's, he's a big boy. He's got big strides. And he just seems to be able to eat up the ground so quickly at that level. Yeah, well, it's not, it, and that's the thing. It's not raw speed. It's actual power. It's just genuine power that he's got. So, 
um, yeah, he's uh, he's a very progressive type. In uh, our final point of the five, before we get to the first at Wyong, Jack Hammer's home free-for-all now. Was able to find the front, uh, Big Jack Hammer, in a race that um, well, lost Tornado Valley and in doing so lost the horse who was very much most likely to win. But Big Jack Hammer, he was probably always going to find the front. He's a multiple group one winner. Didn't 100% know how he'd returned after that first up performance, but uh, David Aiken gave him a little freshen up and with a few favours, he was back to uh, being pretty impressive on the week weekend at headquarters he was and I guess uh you know the race was sort of changed again early when cruising around gallop who knows mm. what might have happened if save our pennies was left parked maybe he would have gone on to try and lead but uh, got the uh, the nice running behind big jack hammer when that horse galloped so uh, it sort of all played out to big jack hammer's favor in the end he pulled uh you know a little bit in front but I guess when you're running your own tempo and you're not being tested then you're uh, you've got every reason to um to win the way he did so uh, I don't think he proved anything, but good to see him back, as you say, uh, an improved run second up back on track and uh, interested to see how he sort of measures up now uh, week in, week out against the likes of McLovin and Tornado Valley. All right, Bakes, I know you don't drink coffee, so go, go and get yourself a strawberry quick or something just for a moment, and we'll come back after uh, Wyong on the studio update for Packetham Race 1. But the most pressing engagement is Wyong. The favourite is Saintly Sunrise, but it's been easy. $1.60 at a two thirty, Not quite a bath, but something similar. Crime Wave has been two fifty at to $3.40. 40. So the money had to come for somebody. It's come for Firelave here. $10 into five. Halved its quote. So uh, a ra- it was a race in two, really, Mark. It was when we did the preview earlier with Shane Montgomery. That's turned on its head. Firelave now $5. Double figures the rest, headed up by Rose of War. Rose of War was the um, first horse to uh, defeat Sunline on Australian soil, I reckon. But. Um, Yes, Rose of War, $10. Saintly Sunrise, a drifter. Crime Wave, a drifter. But the top tip for Shane Montgomery, Firelave, the big market mover, 10 into 5. Let's go to race one at Wyong. No, one left to come in, and that's the favourite. Saintly Sunrise. Legray about to link in to the outside gate. And the field's now set for the first. Race one over the mile, they're away. And fully loaded Philly away nicely from the inside gate. Philov shows speed with Ocean Villa, Hill and Dale going forward. Jess Lout, Jesse out wide, pushing on as well. Just behind those, Rose of War taking a sit off the pace. From Ocean Villa, who now gets back to third last. Crime Wave second last. And Saintly Sunrise is at the tail. They're about to leave the side and head into the back straight. Fully loaded Philly is the leader. Doesn't appear to be a stack of pace on here. Just like Jesse, the rider not happy with it. So it now goes up and takes over. So into the back past the 1,200. Jess Lout, Jesse. He now takes over. A length and a half fully loaded filly. Three quarters Hillendale third on its outside. A couple away to Philave on the outside of Rose of War. And then two lengths away Ocean Villa. Crime Wave on its outside. And Saintly Sunrise two lengths away from uh, it. And uh, it's about ten lengths from the leader who is just like Jesse. Who's injected a little bit of pace into the race now. Leads by four lengths. Increasing that margin. Fully loaded filly second. Two lengths away Hillendale third. And then Philave. Rose of War. Crime wave out three wide around Ocean Villa and staying with them at the rear was a Saintly Sunrise as they head down the side now and we've got a little over 600 left to travel. Just like Jesse coming back to them. Fully loaded Philly under pressure in second. Philave now works strongly around the outside. Hillendale trying to go with it. Saintly Sunrise has made good ground from near the rear and they were followed further back by Rose of War into the straight. It's just like Jesse the leader. The danger is going to be the favourite. Saintly Sunrise cruising down the outside. Trying to go with it was Hill 
Dylan Dale and Philae just like Jesse in front. Saintly Sunrise is charging down the centre of the track, takes the lead, and Saintly Sunrise wins the first over just like Jesse, Hill and Dale, Philae, and then Rose of War. They were followed by fully loaded Philly, Ocean Villa, and Crime Waves put in a shocker, tailed out last. So despite drifting, the favourite has gotten the job done there. Race one at Wyong with a devastating finish. Number three, Saintly Sunrise paying two forty or two thirty and a dollar ten. Four dollars for just like Jesse and in for third. Number five, Hill and Dale. Your numbers race one at Wyong, three, six and five. It's an RSN 927 market update. Only eight minutes till we get to race one at Pakenham, race one of nine today. And the short price favourite all the way through betting in the top tip this morning from Warren Huntley. In fact, he's best on the program, I reckon, from memory. $1.75 punksy for Phil Stokes and Ben Allen. Phil Stokes has got the first two favourites on the program. Hello, sweetheart's been two seventy out to $2.80. Peroxide Blonde has been $6 out to $6.50. Double figures the rest. Ahadi Farasi has been 12 out to 14 Mongelica 19 into 17 And Solid at a very long quote is number two. All in sync, $41. So Punksy dominantly holding the call for race one at Packenham. And now that is now just seven minutes away. We resume gate speed now. And on the line, we have the Baker boy, Blake Ritten. How are you, Bakes? Yeah, I'm still good, Bon. It's uh, very similar to the start of the show, I'd say, huh? Um, would you say there's been any deviation? Did you get a strawberry quick or...? No, no, just sat here and listened to uh, to the race at Wyong and um, the toe call for Packenham, that was about it. All right, well, we have a guest, or we wanted to have a guest, but unfortunately we can't get hold of Alan McDonough at the moment. He's getting Prada Sun ready for uh, the Tatlow Stakes for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings on Saturday night. But while we're waiting, and just in case the worst-case scenario kicks in and we don't get hold of Alan, why don't you take us through some of the uh, the highlights on the weekend at Victorian Harness HQ? So many, I think, uh, what, 11 of the 12 races are metropolitan staked races or higher. So um, that's a really good sign for uh, for the new rating system and the way that uh, horses are filtering into that metropolitan grade. But uh, clearly, a couple of the key races come towards the back end of the program. The Tatlow Stakes for the boys and the Tatlow Stakes for the girls. Be Happy Mac um, is uh, is there for Emma Stewart and Chris Alford against Miragon and, uh, and Prada Sun for Alan McDonough. That'll be an interesting race. And also... The Phillies where Treasure and Gemstone go head-to-head again with Amelia Rose. So, uh, yep, they're probably the two key races. Any early thoughts? Um, I will say that that, uh, that two-year-old Colts and Geldings, Tatlow Stakes, it was an extremely impressive performance. I don't know if you saw it, Bakes. I'm sure you did expensive ego in the two-year-old uh, Q-bred triad final at Albion Park on Saturday night in very sharp time. And Jillaby Nitro's obviously been a standout juvenile. But that that would be probably the best two-year-old race staged in Victoria this season. Uh, yes. Oh, you take, out your, you take out your jelly hammer, I, I guess, from the situation, but... I'm just a little confused about where Expensive Ego comes into this. Oh, you, oh is, this, is this your way? Is you, you, you being humorous now that Expensive Ego no. shouldn't even be in the conversation? No, no. Is he in the race? No, I'm just saying it, 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 they're the two two-year-olds. Okay. Stick with me. They're the two juveniles <laughs> that won't, aren't in the race, Expensive Ego and Jillaby Nitro. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, taking out a couple of the real big guns that have done special things, I'm sure you're still with me, so I'm just going to hold yep. on to this, that this is a very good two-year-old race we've yes. got on Saturday night. Yes. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. it is a very good two-year-old And what did you race. make of Mirigon on Saturday night? Because he's... It's one of those things where every time he's been beaten, you could make a, a really significant excuse for him apart from maybe in the youthful stakes when beaten by you are my sunshine but the fact remains now four of the numbers next to his name out of his last five starts are twos and not ones probably the more the thing that made me more nervous than actually losing the race was that he was just hanging around at the top of the straight and doing things wrong I'd, 
you know, Sahara Sorocco might be a very good horse. It might just be peaking now rather than at Vic Bread Super Series time. But it was probably the way that he was just running around at the top of the straight that has me more concerned than anything else. All right, we've got a very quick interview coming up with Alan McDonald because your, your Poon race one is not far away. Al, how are you this morning, mate? Yeah, very good, thank you. Should say this afternoon. Prada Sun going around in uh, one of the feature races on the program on Saturday night at Tabcourt Park. Melton, we've just been discussing it, Prada Sun, and it's an incredibly strong race, so you're going to get a pretty good line on just how good this fellow is. Yeah, exactly. You're probably starting with the Wolves a bit this week, um, virtually to see where he's at. Um, but he's worked, very, he's worked very good at home, and... Um, I'm sure he could himself well, although we've sort of come up against him. Probably one of the best two-year-olds in Australia and be happy Max, so I'm sure he'll run a good race, though. He is uh, your guy, Alan Prada Sun. He's out of stylish Jap- Jasper, who I'm sure uh, Bon has a lot of time for and many people will remember well. So he's uh, he's well-bred and he did the job nicely on debut. Yeah, that's correct. He's sort of always shown the ability, but he was a bit of a um, heavy, heavy set of the horse and um, quite a good doer. So um, just took a while to get get his gait properly. Um, he's still probably not 100% his gait, but... Uh, you know, he, I think you'd make a very nice horse. All right, we might just keep you on the line just for a minute after this Yapoon race, if that's okay. We're going to go to Yapoon race one now. Your favourite there is number five at $2.60. So here's race one at Yapoon, and then a couple more questions for Alan McDonough on the back. In order as far as colouring goes, but the track will still race very, very well. So here comes Craig Lee uh, Grace coming forward. Brings back memories from the day I called the uh, seven Craig Lees many, many years ago uh, at Mackay. Thanks very much, Michael. These horses are loaded. Lovely to be back on Sky. First occasion since 2012 when I called it Mackay. So time does fly. Here's the last one coming up, Native B, and they're loaded, ladies and gentlemen, for race number one out of Yapoon. First of eight today. Red light is activated and they're off and racing. Got them away well, except for Rocky View, the first starter, who was slow to get going. Showing plenty of speed was Krupp Dezer, is going fast and also going quickly was Isis Miller, who goes around the outside and takes up the running. It's Isis Miller who leads the way from Krupp Dezer and also Jilted Girl is showing some speed. Tailed right off is a native B, which is a surprise. Rocky View is now into about fourth position, followed further back in the field then by Craig Lee Grace. It's well back. So too is Half a Coldy. Now they're chopping and changing where Isis Miller just shows the way from Kruptuser as they come down the hill. They're going to be followed then by Abergoldi. Then further back in the field was uh, Buster Moon and Craig Lee Grace is a long way back in the field and Native B and Katie's Girl. Katie's Girl's in midfield so they're swinging to the stretch now and along the inside just in front here was Isis Miller. Kruptuser is challenging very very quickly. Buster Moon is coming to the outside so there's still many chances. Isis Miller is bold, racing very boldly. It's tackled now by Kruptuser who's showing a lot of dash and Native B putting up a huge run lap along the inside. Native B has come from last and put in an outstanding effort. And Native B has gone away to beat from Crop to Sir. Buster Moon has flown. He may have just got third. Craigley Grace is there as well. They're going to be followed well back in the field by uh, Katie's girl. Oh, also well back then was Have a Goldie. And uh, pulling up right at the tail of the field there was Buster Moon. Uh, not Buster Moon, but Rocky Buick. That was an incredible finish there from uh, Native B. Four seven on a photo there. Race one at Yapoo. Native B was best backed in the race and has paid four dollars eighty and a dollar seventy two ten for Kruptizer and a photo for third. Very close to race one at Packenham, but we've got Alan McDonald back on the line. I'll let Bakes have one more go at you after this, Al. But I want to know yep. you, you are working with Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin at the moment, and I did note with interest that you said we've got a very good two year old in this race named Be Happy Mac. Now I'm sure you get to spend some time with these horses. Of their two year olds, is your opinion that Be Happy Max is the best of theirs? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do. I do believe that. Um, Aragons has been a great little horse, but um, what they've shown and what they've done on their racetrack, um, BAP Mac, we seem to be the pick of them. 
Right, Alan, well, uh, that's pretty clear cut and appreciate having your time this morning on Gatespeed. Good luck uh, with Prada Sun on Saturday. Thank you. That was pretty definitive, Bakes, wasn't it? That was very definitive. And it might just be the, you know, the time of the season and, and whatnot that Miragon, you know, has had a long season already, but so is BRP Max, so interesting. All right. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Enjoy the day. Thanks, boys.